Buster Moody. I'm the artist on Task Force Rad Squad, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> a little bit premature. Really? Talk to, the, to talk to your wife about it. For real? The 3, 2, 1. I'm woo I know, but I never say the go. Usually wait really? till I say that. Yeah, that's all right. He's a little eager this week. Nothing wrong. I always say go. I say three, two, one, go, David. Really? Yeah. Huh. And then, and then you say, well, but that's okay. Eagerness is not anything to stop. That's cool. I say eagerness. Eagerness is next to God. They do. Silly, silly people. Sure. Speaking of silly people, one of my one of my buddies from college that was hanging out there with us, he he full on converted to Mormonism. Oh no! He, we talked about the garments, dude. He wears the garments. What is, up, what is up with the praying? Why do they pray with their arms crossed over their elbows? I don't know that. Okay. I mean, I'm guessing it's like, you know, love yourself. That because I only really noticed it because we started watching Alpha House from Amazon Prime. And oh, okay. one of the, um, one, one of the, uh, the congressmen is, is a Mormon. He's the, uh, he's the only one from, from Nevada. And, uh, the other three, John Goodman is from North Carolina. Um, Marcus Suelos is Florida and, uh, Clark Johnson, who I love because he was awesome on Homicide Life on the Streets is, uh, from, uh, PA. Okay. We have a couple of them. I believe it. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was just, uh, they, they're like, you know, let us pray and every, and he starts, uh, holding his elbows and I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen that. It's so crazy because this dude was a huge drinker, oh. profanity, always had to dip in his mouth. Uh, and he hasn't, he hasn't uttered a profanity in two years. Wow. He, uh, yeah, he, he, he doesn't have a drink in two years. It's, it's crazy. He's like a whole different human wow. being. Well, I guess it's good while he's here, but if he's doing it for something else, I think he's going to have a very rude awakening. Well, when he, he, so when he, he crosses yeah, so over. he married, a, he married a Mormon a bunch of years ago and then That's over nice. the process, I think, uh, eventually, you know, came full, full bore and converted. Yeah. So. The the only thing that that I'm at odds with is the whole ten percent, the mandatory ten percent teeth. That's just like no, no thanks. Those motherfuckers at our Catholic church, it probably always says this, but I never notice. But the envelope uh, for you know for Christmas giving was there, and mm-hmm. I just happened to notice it that was sitting there, and it said right on the fucking right on the sh- the, the ticket. It says, it says if. You pl- please don't, you know, uh, this envelope is for your donations. If unable to attend this week, please, please make uh, recompense in, in the following week. I was like, these motherfuckers have the balls to say if you don't go to church, make sure you double up the next week. Oh, my what? God. My do, you, do you know what our church does? What? They publish a booklet every year detailing the exact amount each family donates. Oh, fuck. Stop. Yes. I would give $1. Yes, they do. They guilt. Just one in the book, the but for nothing more than a dollar. But come on, it's the Catholic Church. Guilt is part of the stock and oh, trade, dude, right? You guys will appreciate this. On Saturday night of this weekend, um, my buddy's wife, the one who lives out in LA, had arranged, cause it was actually his 40th birthday this week. Um, and you know, so she had arranged for, uh, at this restaurant, there's a, uh, a wine room that you can rent and it's, uh, it's, it seats 16 people and the, the conceit is that you have to, 
rent the whole to rent the whole room you have to guarantee you know a certain amount of dollars spending so whether you have two people in there or 16 you have to you know give them x dollars so it was really nice we had it all set up and it was a bunch of their friends and, and stuff from la or whatever so we're walking in and it's it's two it's two floors down from the main entrance right so we're rounding the bend of the second stair and I let one rip, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking I'm clear of it. We walk into this room and there's five or six people already there that we don't know because they're from, they're their LA friends <laughs> and the whole room reeks of ass. And we're all just playing it off like nice to meet you, nice to meet you and stuff. And my buddies are looking at me like, what in the fuck are you doing? And I just totally played it off. I'm like, I'm <laughs> but it reeked. It absolutely reeked. <laughs> Blame the dog. Oh, Oh, goodness. And you know what doesn't reek? Hopefully. Hopefully. This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics, 346, y'all, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I need a table for 21 because I am Leonardo fucking DiCaprio. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you're better looking. You are not Leonardo DiCaprio. You're Jason Wood, everybody. How about Leo, though, huh? Getting it done. For real. 20 women. God bless him. It's all right. (laughs) It's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah. Wish I could do the old quantum leap and slide into that for a couple hours (laughs) and tinkle back. Speaking Uh, of tinkling back. Yes. What do you got? Oh, I thought you were going to segue into the DCB service. I wait, I wait for the opportune time. I can't do a tinkle segue. Uh, Come on. Well, and you, you're pissed with excitement when you <laughs> see the price to work at, at dcbservice.com because you can get your books dirt cheap, far less than you could get them for in the brick and mortar comic shops, such as, get this, I want you all to write this down because it's a big deal. You all got to order it because I'm going to go into it in detail and I'm sure, I hope the other guys will too. From Dark Horse, Richard Corbin has a five issue mini coming down the pipe. It's called Rat God, number one. Get this. Terrible things stalk the forest outside Arkham in this chilling original tale from comics master, no lie, Richard Corbin. It has Lovecraftian mutations mixed with Native American legends. Oh my god. Cover price $3.99. Your price? $1.99. 50% off. From Image, we have the return of Mr. McFarlane with his uh, signature character. It's called Spawn Resurrection. Brian Wood is writing it. John Boy Myers is drawing it. The cover price is a very respectable $2.99. Spawn has always stayed $2.99. Eric raised Savage Dragon to $3.50 and then $3.99. Spawn has always stayed at $2.99. Your price? Half that. Buck forty-nine. Get it on the ground floor. And from Marvel, I gotta pimp this. Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez are now doing an ongoing for their Spider-Gwen character... Yes, the publication date is February 2nd. So order it now. $3.99 cover price. Your price, $1.99. Remember what happened to the Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Gwen one-shot. It's on its third printing now, I think. Fourth printing, whatever. You, you need to get a first printing of this because even if you don't like it, which I find that hard to believe, you can turn it around for more money later. DCBService.com. They are by far the best in the business. Go to them. Do it. Take them, take them into your mouth. And, um, do not forget 
this Wednesday, which is tomorrow, because we're recording this day a little early, the Valiant number one arrives in comic shops tomorrow or today, depending on when you're hearing this. It's uh, Bloodshot, Geomancer, Eternal Warrior, Archer and Armstrong, all of them, Ninjak. Uh, it's written by Jeff Lemire, Matt Kent, and it's drawn impeccably by Paulo Rivera. It's a prestige format, four-issue miniseries, uh, cardstock covers, the whole nine yards. They are going far beyond the usual with this, and rightly so, because it's going to be amazing. And while you're at it, check out the Valiant First Look. You can see previews of forthcoming books from January to April, like Evar, Time Walker, Divinity Number 1, which is another prestige format miniseries by Matt Kent and Trevor Harrison, Imperium, Ninjak, and Bloodshot Reborn. I just read Bloodshot 25 the other night, and it was incredible. It was so good. Um, but best of all, the first look is available right now at Comixology, Comics Plus, Madefire, and DriveThroughComics.com and in real-world comic shops everywhere. If you've been curious about the Valiant books but never took the bite, and I say for shame to that, now's your chance to get in on the ground floor and ride that new wave of Valiant because it is going to be incredible. Valiant Next is going to be a big thing. Get in there. Do it. Nice. Yes. Well done, sir. I know it. You know this. That's right. I got a quick thank you. Me too. Me too. Oh, look at y'all. It may be the same person, although I think this will be the third week in a row that we shout him out. I received in a package this week, 1976 New Rose by Mr. Daniel White. Love it. Yes, you guys uh, shouted him out for the same thing the last few weeks. And I also got some awesome merit badges uh, type things with inspirational messages on them. And last but not least, a kick-ass domino sketch. Mm-hmm. Um, so which uh, he uses hot pink uh, uh. instead of red for the for the X and the uh, background is very cool. So uh, much love, Daniel. Thanks very much, man. I really appreciate it. Nice. I saw that on the Facebooks. It's a nice little piece. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, really absolutely. Nice piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, um, Mr. White, was also uh, the um, the subject over at um, filterandfunnel.com. dot uh, com. They uh, they. Did a little video, about a four or five minute video about him, his workspace, what he does, who he is. Um, it was, uh, pretty interesting. I mean, we, we met him real quickly in the, um, in the hallway between Artist Alley and, and the main area at uh, New York Comic Con. And, um, it was one of the, the highlights because we don't, we really weren't had too many hit and runs that way. And, uh, it was nice that we weren't so overwhelmed with everything else that was going on. We had a couple minutes to just, you know, introduce and, and move on. And, uh, my thank you from the man is, uh, a really swell, uh, no pink on this, but a lot of yellow. Um, a, uh, a Spider-Man doing a, sweet. uh, sweet, uh, backflip off rooftop. It is, uh, it's, it's real cool. It's, um, it reminds me of the, um, the Grendel that, uh, Gonzo sent because, if you look at Spider-Man in the way Daniel signed it, um, Spidey is up. Well, Spidey is right side up, but the buildings are upside down in the picture. So it, it, it's that uh, it's that freaky kind of optical illusion type thing. So if you if I put it right side up the way the buildings are supposed to be, then Spidey is is upside down and arcing towards you. So it's it's pretty cool. I dig it. I uh, I will have to. It's going on the wall definitely. I just need to find a place for it. Nice. I too got a Daniel White original. Woot woot. 
and I have to say mine is better than both of yours. <laughs> Doubt it, but good luck. Uh, I got a spawn. Yeah, so you just... And it also has hot pink and a little bit of uh, fluorescent green mm-hmm. for the eyes, as it should be. That countdown clock is always ticking. And, uh, Magic I, is I green. Think, I think it's beautiful, beautiful work. Uh, I love it. It's got the spatter on it. Um, you could see the, the brush strokes from the ink. It's just so nice. And I, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. It's, it's going to get framed. It's going up on the wall and it's, uh, it'll never leave me. I love no. it. Respect. Yep. Love that art. It's what it's all about, baby. You know what else will never leave you? Uh, gas. Well, that's true because of whatever the delicious aftertaste is in the mouth of what you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thankfully, I'm drinking the very last two bottles of Yingling traditional lager. I can't wait to get new beer. Do you have them both open at once? You like going left, right, left, right? I'm a double input. Yeah, I got yeah, one in the are. front, one in the back. Yeah, you do. It up. <laughs> that's, like, oh, that's awesome. It's like con weekends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's funny. Just you? like the con. <laughs> How about you, David? Uh, well, this is this is for Vince. Um, I uh, cracked open a, a new bottle. It's a Malbec from Argentina, but it is made by um, our favorite uh, vineyard, Gnarly Head. <laughs> nice. I believe it. I, too, am in, in drinking the grape. Nice. Uh, it is a new wine for me, at least. Uh, the It is a – I guess it's pronounced Zorzal. Uh, my wife bought this, but Z-O-R-Z-A-L. Uh, and it's a Malbec from Argentina. It's, uh, 2013 Malbec and it's Zorzal. Z-O-R-Z-A-L. It's, uh, it's quite good. I know nothing else about it though, other than what I'm reading off the label. Cause I, uh, came home, bottle was already open, grabbed it, came upstairs. Hmm. Wasn't he the scientist that tagged along with Flash Gordon? Dr. Zorzal. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was a, 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 a Greek dude. I, I I thought Sarcon. I thought he was um, the little imp in the cloth that hung around with He Man. <laughs> Everybody needs a little imp to hang around well, with. Once in- never mind. Yeah. Imp biscuit. Ah, they're going crazy with the dogs. Can you hear them? Mm-hmm. What What is it about dogs and babies that lower the IQ of the people in the room with them? Oh, the cuteness factor. It could be. Could be. You start talking gibberish, it does it all the time. It's amazing. It's true. Let's talk about comics, and hopefully it won't be gibberish. Let's well, make it happen. Yeah, what do you got? All sorts of things. Well, fess up. Uh, well, I it's, for me at least, it's, it was a pretty image-heavy week, with the I, exception being Secret War, finishing Secret Wars 2, which, by the way, I'm really looking forward to our dissection of those two series, because... There is a lot of fodder for discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I can't um, wait to start the second second volume. Yeah, it, it's 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 there. There are quite a few fun observations to be made about all of those two series. But um, I'll start. You know what? I'll throw something out that I bet you're not expecting me to talk about, Vince, and and is something that you probably either will talk about or soon will. Uh, that is Savage Dragon number two hundred. Oh, you got it already? Yes. Damn you. You, so you have not. No, I get it. I buy physical copies of Savage Dragon, and it doesn't come till the end of the month in my box. Mm. Go ahead. You talk about it. I want to hear about it. Well, so uh, I have not read an issue of Savage Dragon in several years since the last time you were talking about it, and I picked it up to follow along with your discussion. So cool. there's clearly been a big change in the status quo. 
Um, I know you've alluded to it periodically. If I'm, you know, the, Malcolm is his son, right? Is, mm-hmm. is, yep. and he's the new savage dragon. Um, his dad is in the book, but he's depowered for some reason. Uh, yes. don't know why. And, uh, in any event, this is the anniversary issue number 200. It's a 100 page super spectacular, uh, of course, as always by Eric Larson with letters by Chris Eliopoulos, colors by Nico Kutsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a number of guest artists in the book um, that after you get the initial 22-page story by Eric, you get a bunch of different stories. Chris Burnham's in here. Um, some other – I'll have to go through and see. I didn't write down who the other people were. But not knowing what was going on, this book won me over right away because uh, – and I, I, is it okay if I spoil something for you? Of course. Malcolm has a threesome. Uh-huh. Is this not new news for you? There are a lot of women after Malcolm. Well, yeah. he, it, it doesn't surprise me. It's happened in the past. There's an Asian girl that moves in with him that mm-hmm. I'm gathering he has a past with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they start banging. Then Malcolm's stepsister shows up. Woohoo! Yes! And the Asian girl's like, well listen, since you're here, why don't we, why don't you hook up with us? She's like, no, he's my brother. And she's like, well not really. She's like, I mean, uh-huh. you guys aren't even blood. You don't even have, it, it, you just lived in the same household, but honestly. And so they have a threesome. I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it. And it's she, raw, she, dude. Like, there's, yep. there's jokes about condoms, there's jokes about how big he is. Uh, and, and, and it's like riding a horse and, and, uh, and they're both like, oh my god, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I was, I had no idea there was so much titillation in this, no pun intended. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not unnatural for, for Larson to do stuff like that. Do you remember the, the, well, I don't know if you're reading it at the time, but, uh, at one time, Horridus had a thing for, for Papa Dragon and she was blowing him and he woke up with her, like, around his thing and the way eric did it was he framed the panel where you just saw right to the tip of of horridus's mouth like you didn't see what was going on but it was it was blatant what she was doing and he's like you know what are you doing she goes but i care blah 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 so yeah i mean it's it's not out of the ordinary for larson to do stuff like that yeah i'll tell you what man i uh i i uh i mean at one point uh uh, Maxine convinces the stepsister to go ahead and join the party. And so Maxine's like, don't be shy, unleash the monster. Behold the incredible Hulk. And then the sister's just sitting there dumbfounded, like, what? And she looks at her, she goes, how in the world do you? And then Maxine's like, I know, right? And then, uh, and then she's like, oh my God. And then Maxine says, listen, you'll get used to it. People squirt babies out for Christ's sakes. Man up. I mean, yep. it's, uh, it was, it was awesome, dude. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, n- now, now what else is going on? Uh, I couldn't really tell you. I was kind of caught up in that, but, uh, <laughs> they end up fighting a bunch of, I'm presuming, um, people from Savage Dragon, the rogue, rogues gallery. Um, uh, mm-hmm. the dad is being, is the dad's being held captive, um, by a group of people with nefarious intentions that I'm not quite sure what's going on, but, uh, but they get involved with, with that process of freeing him. And, uh, we go from there. But, uh, Larson's art still looks great. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. there's a couple stories in there. Joe Keating and Ryan Alexander have a story. Uh, there's a ton of pinups by all sorts of different artists. There is, um, a story with, uh, Herb Trimpey, uh, nice. doing the pencils with Larson inking over him and, and writing it, um, which takes place in, I think, World War II, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
so yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I, I, uh, I have to say hats off to Mr. Larson on 200, uh, issues and, uh, continuing on this book for what, probably 25 years now, roughly. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's gotta be, uh, what cover did you get? Did you get the Kirby cover or the, uh, well, I have the, I mean, it's the, it's the digital image review copy oh, okay. that they provide yeah, so us get, as a courtesy. Right. So, um, it is, hold on. I, I will just, they pr- probably gave you both in there. Yeah, I'm just uh, let's see. Here it is. Um, why why you're looking for that? That's the thing about Savage Dragon. If you miss say ten issues, you'll be completely lost. He mixes it up all the time. I only see the one cover, and it's 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 Larson. So oh, okay, yeah. the The continuity is crazy in Savage Dragon. The status quo changes all the time. But that's what I love about the book. You never really know uh, what you're going to get from, like, say, year to year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one year they'll be in Dimension X. The next year, you know, it's back to Chicago. The year after that, it's like the search for whoever or the we're, we're in the uh, a commandy esque, you know, Savage Land. With it, it's crazy. He just keeps it fresh, and that that's what I really love about the book. Right. Other than the fact that uh, Eric's so far up Jack's ass, it's not even funny. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, if you're going to be up somebody's ass, Kirby's the one to, to wear as a hat, let's just say. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Good for you. So you going to keep buying it? Larson. We'll see. I mean, uh, you know, it was it was, it was was fun. I had fun reading this. So um, it's, it's always possible I may jump on and take a little ride with it for a while. Nice. Mm-hmm. He also keeps the uh, trade collections fairly uh, in print. There are some that, that, that lapse, but he, he corrects that over time. So. Yay, Savage Dragon. Short and sweet, little quick hit right there. Yep. Now, what was the nudity in the threesome sequence? Was it, was it like, uh, burlesque style tease nudity or did he go all out and show you what's up? Uh, he shows you, um, it, it's mostly burlesque. Like she'll, okay, she was nude cool. inviting him into the shower. And then you, her ass is covered up by cleverly drawn steam from the shower. Nice. Um, but, uh, but the titillation is done well. I mean, there's, there's one part where she is, uh, straddling him. She's got her feet over her shoulders and, uh, you know, the, the, it's, 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 it's really well done. It's, yeah, it's Angel has always had a thing for, for Malcolm. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Good to see them finally consummate that, uh, attraction. It, and it was a very puerile thing because as she walks in, I'm thinking, wow, this is a setup for one of those really, um, contrived porno setups, right? Where the person, the third person walks in and they're like, Hey, why don't you just join in? And, mm-hmm. and then lo and behold, Arthur Larson goes right down that path. So Larson's one of us, buddy. Yeah. I mean, he is if we, one if of we, us. yeah, if we thought about it, he, he, he obviously thought about it. That's great. I yeah. can just picture as he's drawing and writing this, he just must be all smiles. You know what I mean? No doubt. Yeah. Now, so what does what it mean by um? Oh, what, what does it mean by dragon being depowered? So he's still green. He still has the fin, but he's, he's just not strong. Yeah, he's um, green. He's I mean, he looked he he looks physically the same, but he's he's much smaller. He's 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 not puffed up. He's built like a normal human would be. Yeah, uh, so I, don't, was, I don't know why he was, he's depowered. I don't know what happened, but he was held accountable for all of the things he did as Emperor Kerr. And, uh, I won't go into that because you need to read it. And they, um, they slapped him down with the, uh, resolution of the court case. And that was, um, the electric chair. 
uh, they were trying to kill him, that he was going to be executed for his crimes, and it didn't turn out didn't turn out the way they thought it would. It uh, uh, on the surface it killed him, or or at least knocked the shit out of him. But what it really did was it it uh, depowered him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he did nasty, nasty things as Emperor Kerr. Right, right. Yeah, so. I do remember you mentioning that. Yeah, he was a barbarian. Mm-hmm. Just slaughtering people left and right. If you crossed him, you were dead. He would chew through women. Uh, he couldn't have sex without completely eviscerating the woman. He would just rip her apart. Oh, okay. Lovely. Yeah, nice guy. Nice For guy. real. Mm. No, but it's worth reading. I'm 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 not going into too much detail because it's 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 fun and it's 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 just great comics. So you should go back and read those. Worthwhile. I have an image book as I well. Go for it. Yeah, I actually had to go back and reread the first volume of this because I was halfway through the second and I'm like, you know, I must be getting old because I don't remember any of this. I, I, I need to revisit it. So I pulled out the first trade, read it very closely again, and uh, through doing so, the second volume was much, much more meaningful. Um, this is published by Image, like I said, written by Alesh Cote. Uh, illustrated by a bunch of people, Vanessa Del Rey, Matt Taylor, Jorge Coelho, Tanchi Zajic's in here, Michael Gatos, Jordi Belair, of course, Clayton Cowles, Tom Muller. I think that the, the uh, variant covers were done by Francesco Francavilla, Nick Dragota, Cameron Stewart, and Sean Phillips. And I'm talking about Zero. This is specifically Volume 2. Two. Yes. Now, going into the, the second volume, we got to ask ourselves a bunch of questions, right? Uh, there are a lot of questions uh, that rise through this series. What do we know about Edward Zero, just to recap, from Volume 1? Well, he was taken into the agency from a very young age. They trained him. They conditioned him. They brainwashed him. Uh, they turned him into an unfeeling uh, field operative for the organization, uh, which was under the command of one Sarah Cook and Roman Zizek. And we went into great detail about her airing out her junk. Uh, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a secret, but it's not that, uh, Sarah and Roman like to bump uglies. Literally. And, and, uh, I, th- uh, he has feelings for her, um, in, uh, certain respects. Uh, but Edward is, uh, a fleeting shadow in the field. He infiltrates, uh, and does everything necessary to fulfill the agency's goals. The kid's resourceful. He is at the peak of his physical prowess. He's intelligent, um, remorseless, and to the people in the agency, he's unquestioning. But that's not the reality of the situation because he's begun to manipulate the manipulators. He's He started lying during his post-mission interrogations. Like, they trained him not to feel, but yet he does. See, he had feelings for... Uh, the only person he could have considered a friend yeah. in his in, in his formative years, one uh, Mina Thorpe. But uh, he questions uh, who his parents were. Wh- who were they? Where where do I come from? And and Roman would always you know skirt the issue or make up some some lies as he is wont to do. Uh, Edward lied about the events in uh, Beit Hanun where he exterminated the Israeli super soldier. He said the Israelis did it, but that wasn't the truth. He he emptied his clip into the super soldier's head. Uh, he lied about the events in Shanghai. He he infiltrated a terrorist Kickstarter, 
run by um, the masked Ginsberg Nova, which is an awesome name, uh, who is the most wanted terrorist on the planet, a guy who possesses an organic tech-powered teleporter. He has a teleporter in his in his back room. Yeah, comes That's in handy. Convenient. That's convenient, yeah, right? Uh, a dude that took a bullet to the forehead and did not die. And Coat does not address these um, issues in two volumes. We we don't know why uh, uh, Ginsburg can take a bullet to the forehead and not die. Uh, but unfortunately, Mina wasn't as lucky uh, as uh, Edward and Mina were fleeing the uh, the party. The teleporter was powered down, and all Edward was left with was Mia's severed arm mm. or Mina. Mina's seven arm. Um, so lies, this book is all about lies. Lies are also the stock and trade between Zizek and Cook. Now, on the chain of command, Zizek is Cook's subordinate, but he very frequently acts independently. He does things for his own personal gain. He uh, sells arms to rival factions just to stir up the shit and keep the war machine rolling. Uh, but he has a soft spot for Edward. And, and we're not really sure in the first volume why he has uh, a soft spot for Edward. He, I mean, he has bent the rules on a number of occasions for the kid where other children would have been exterminated. Like, this is not, um, you know, summer camp. These kids go in, and if they do not pass the tests uh, to satisfaction, they are exterminated because you do not leave the agency with any knowledge of the agency. It's like the family. You know what I mean? You can never really leave. Um, we also know that in that future framing sequence, uh, which is drawn by Michael Gatos, I believe, uh, in 2038, Edward is responsible for killing a whole mess of people. We're talking millions and millions of people. Um, and which, uh, this, the series is also ushered into uncharted territory because at the very, one of the very last things you see is a double page spread and Edward is sitting in a, in a folding chair on the, next to a cliff and there's this kid with a gun pointed to the back of his head and you see the vista of the ocean and there's these gigantic ambiguously shaped creatures like perched on these long tendril like legs and they're just, they, they, they appear to be just walking in the ocean just like sky whales or something just casually but and and it has to be have something to do with the i think the same technology that powers the 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 teleporter because they it looks the same but again coat doesn't doesn't go into uh, detail on what these things are why they're there in fact we don't even see them in the second volume uh, which covers issues six to ten hmm so what the hell's going on in volume two it's big doings if um, if you're reading zero and you're not up to date, fast forward because <laughs> there, there there are a lot of things that go on. It's a pivotal volume. the The series completely changes with this volume. Um, we have uh, Edward in 2019, which is pretty close to. Uh, he was born, I believe, in 98. So he's he's not too old during this uh, little escapade. He's he's tromping around the uh, CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, and who does he run into? Ginsburg Nova. Again, how? <laughs> but uh, he Nova reveals intimate details about the agency, like stuff only someone on the inside would know. And do you know who Nova is? 
it's revealed right in this issue. It's issue, I believe, six. So it's it's pretty early in the in the in the run. I think I remember seeing it, but I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. Remember Robert, the kid that uh, learned the boundaries of every state on the planet without being prompted. Oh, yeah. The kid, yeah. So he Ginsburg is agency material. He uh-huh. he left the agency. Yeah. And, and like I said, this is a very key volume in the in the story because there are big. Uh, I'll put it in the in the vernacular that um, Coat uses, uh, Kali Yuga type doings, like end of the end of the era type going down. Uh, we know Zizek is grooming Zero to one day take over the business, but why? 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 I mean, what, what does um, Roman? What kind of interest does Roman have in the kid that's greater than all of his all the other kids under his charge? Well, Roman was tromping around um, Bosnia in uh, in ninety three during the, the the Bosnian War, and he was trying to extradite a pregnant woman whom he was sleeping with. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this woman was named Marina Stojkovic, and uh, Roman was apparently in love with her. And he tries to get her out, uh, and the arms dealer, uh, the arms uh, people, the people he was dealing arms to, weren't having it. They were like, "Here's the deal." They they stopped him in the woods, and it's it's Roman and uh, a pregnant Marina, and they said, "Here's the deal. Two of you can leave. One stays in the woods." So what does Roman with the, with the woman? Um, sacrifices herself for the sake of her baby and you see roman leaving the woods with a baby a bloody baby in his hands and he's crying and the 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 last page is done really well they zoom in on the baby and right on the baby's eye and it's the eye that was that uh, edward lost in the previous volume (laughs) so the so uh edward may or may not be roman's child that's awesome. That is really cool storytelling. Like it's it's kind of like the old Star Wars trope. I'm your father, but uh, I gave that a pass because of the way it was it was presented. And when you think of what a bloodthirsty son of a bitch Zizek is, it makes perfect sense why he would you give uh, Edward special dispensation because he thinks it's his blood. And even more dramatic, something happens in this volume. To um, to Roman, and I won't spoil it. But when you read it, it would tie even more closely to that scene with with Roman leaving the uh, the forest. It's it's awesome. It, it's fantastic stuff. Um, the the chain of command is shattered uh, in the agency because Roman, who professes to love Sarah, that's uh, Director Cook, um, has tries to have her killed. Mm-hmm. He's getting a little bit too big for his britches. He's playing both sides and it's finally catching up with him and he's trying to, you know, erase, erase his tracks and it's, it's not easy. Whenever you enter into some kind of subterfuge, it's always better to tell the truth because you spend so much time trying to cover your tracks. Whereas if you just told the damn truth, you, you, you would release it. It'd be gone, right? And he, he, yeah, he doesn't see it that way. Um, and he tries to have her killed, but it, it doesn't come out. The way he planned it, as nothing does in in this series, um, 
it, it's amazing stuff. And I, I like the fact that each issue is illustrated by someone different. That keeps well, it fresh. That, so I was going to ask you how, how because the, I, uh, just about every artist that you named, wide range of styles, but uh, yeah, I'm a fan of them all. So, uh, how's Vanessa Del Rey's issue? Because, you know, that's my girl and, uh, I've, I've gotten a million compliments about the commission she did for me, but, uh, haven't seen much of her sequential stuff. It's, I, I would think it's, um, I like, I love the commissions. I, I, there's a, it, I love that work. When I was reading Zero, that particular issue of Zero, it, it was a little, it, it was dark. It was, yeah. Yeah, especially because of where, because of the setting, because it was, it was submarine. Right, right. Right. But it was, it just, it, um, that's the one in the Hadron Collider. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, I guess it seemed cramped. It, 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 like there wasn't a lot of space to, to, to kind of do what I guess I expected it to look like. Oh, it's mm-hmm. very claustrophobic. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes. Okay. It's intentionally claustrophobic. Right. So it's and, that's why if you look at your commissions and you look at this issue, you're like, okay, I, it, it works for the story, but it, it's yeah. not a good example, I think, of 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 the work she's capable of doing. Gotcha. Okay. I thought I, I like that issue the best out of the whole trade. Really? And, and, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Because to I mean, it's very kinetic. It's very exp- the brushstrokes are very expressive. To me, to these eyes, not in style, in spirit. It reminds me a lot of Harvey Kurtzman. Huh. She, she, she really slams the action home. She doesn't labor it. It's the, 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 the body movements are free and loose and natural and extremely stylized and kinetic and in your face. And it just flows. You, you feel like it, it's like, it's one of those things. Like I, I appreciate of the moment art more than labored stuff. I, one brushstroke for me works better than 12 lines or 30. You know what I mean? I, I, I appreciate the very detailed stuff, but this stuff, when you can get it done with a gesture and deliver that information, that to me is worth infinitely more than somebody who sculpts that line exactly as they want it and just moves over every undulation. It's like, that's great, but the fluid and the expressive stuff to me holds more value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, her issue's fantastic. And the, it's crazy because, um, uh, the, um, Robert is watching all of this unfold as, as, uh, Edward is making his way through the, the CERN, uh, complex and he's masturbating. He's jerk, he's jerking himself. He, he's doing it over his pants, but he's touching himself like, oh, like he's waiting for the confrontation. He cannot wait to get face to face with Edward and he has it set up where Edward just can't get to him. He's trying to cut through the, the glass. He's got a, a, like a laser, uh, saw or whatever. And he's trying to push it. And he's like, you'll never get to me. I already calculated that. So whatever you, you want to do is just do it. And he, he leaves through the collider. What is going on with Robert? What? I, there's so many questions in this thing that I need to have answered, but I'm not, I'm not rushing it. I, I want to take, I, I let Coat take his time and get us there because, uh, volume three is solicited this month in preview. So you got to get on that. I boggles my mind why I like this book. The, 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 uh, mythology in it is so deep and compelling and it's, it's not my standard diet. You guys know this. Everybody yeah, listening knows this. It, this this is like the fade out. This is not my bread and butter, and I'm loving it. 
That's great. <laughs> so, so even I, at your old age, you you can uh, keep your mind open. Yeah, am I growing? Could be. Could be. Yeah, and one Maybe, of the things uh, they do from the waist down. <laughs> one of the things they do in the trade that I really appreciate uh, in the back pages, they'll reproduce the covers and the variant covers, but they don't do it traditionally. Why should they? This is not a traditional book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not one cover per page. They they do some nice graphic design and jam them all together on a bunch of pages, like um, collage type. Like they'll butt one that's done maybe eighty percent with a bunch that are. 30% and, and the, like sized 30%. And they'll, uh, do different color treatments on them or they'll show you the line art and it's chaotic as hell. It's all over the place. There are some pages with just URLs on them in the trade and Coat wants you to go investigate, um, various and sundry, uh, instances and events that he talks about in the, in the narrative in the real world. Like he'll reference things that really happened. Or technology that's like bleeding edge that's that's on the stove but it's not fully cooked yet and he'll go into that and he wants you to go investigate this stuff right, it's out right. there and it's the same thing as um, Bucky Barnes only Bucky Barnes is more fan- it's it's more it's more fantastic and it's more it's more um, coat using pop culture tropes and people and styles into the story this is more real world I, I just I adore this book. It's it's nuts and it's all over the place. Look at the cover. It's not your standard trade dress. It, the cover of issue number two or trade number two has strips from each um, of the covers of the issues, but it looks like it's play being played on a videotape machine, and you get that ripple in in some of the image. Like we we're all familiar with that. We've all yes. been we're all children of the videotape age, where you know you fast forward and you get that ripple and that that oh, yeah. cut. It's amazing. It's the graphic design on the series is impeccable, and I hope it goes on forever. That's what I got. Nicely done, wow. sir. Thanks. It's an image night. It is. You gonna keep I the image love dark- going, Dave? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? Um, oh. I'll. This uh, is cat moves. Um. It's always about the pussy with you. <laughs> Very nicely played. No doubt. <laughs> that is great. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. <laughs> Licking his fingers. Well, trying not to. That's why I had to mute it. Um, We're dirty tonight. We, just tonight. Adults only bitches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's uh, Deadly Class number nine. Oh, oh. nice. Soka soka. Uh, because the um, the first trade wrapped up and uh, introduced us to uh, the class and um, and their first field trip as a group uh, and um, and so issue eight and nine kind of um, give you a taste of uh, of what life was before the school and. Um, and it it wasn't pretty. Uh, there was um, there was uh, let's see. We have Marcus, who was um, he's the one we we we, we meet early on, but uh, we find out that he was pretty much um, working, living in in uh, say a sweatshop, and um, 
the the uh hold on one second. Oh, I gotta leave this in, but I can't. No, you can't. You can't. I, I, <laughs> no, meant, no. I meant to mute it. Uh, so <laughs> sounds like me dealing with the kids. Get the hell out First, of it's about, about the pussy. Well, now it's about the bitch. I say, you know, they they act up. You gotta. Uh, so the um, let me start over, Vince. No, you're good. Uh, we have um, uh, we find out about Marcus's early life and uh and who he kind of bunked with it it all just we're we're, we're now we're getting the origins a little bit we're getting we're getting um the background on 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 the students when they were growing up before before life at the school um and this is all being told while they're planning um something pretty elaborate there's a uh there's a dude going around who is um basically uh he's he's they call him the expletive serial killer it, it's not one person doing this uh he kind of has um a redneck inbred hillbilly posse and um and they kind of have to follow his rules it's it's not it's not a pretty comic book because um You'll have dudes basically taking a crap, doors open and, and, and talking. It's just, it's, it's nuts the way we go from the school where things are kind of civilized. I mean, granted, it's a school that, that's training people how to be assassins, but, um, there are rules and, and, and procedures in place. And that's where order is kept. And then you go to the flip side where, uh, these, uh, these, these really the these people that um if i i surprised they don't die when 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 they sneeze because they can't breathe for a second it's just it's it's incredible the way um the way these stories are kind of folding into each other but the 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 um the marcus is is uh he thought that he he was done with this person the the uh the leader of the bad guys and and turns out he's not and and we find that out um at the end of the first trade uh so there's there's a little bit of a the other side of of a coin uh that that whole batman joker um spidey goblin aspect of it um but it is a uh it Still looks great. I mean, Craig's art is, is fantastic. I, I still, um, preach. I, I, uh, I still worry a little bit about Rick Remender. I, he, he seems to have had a lot of demons growing up and, 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 uh, at a young age. And, um, I think he's, he's, well, he's working his way through them. He, he has a, uh, as a lovely family. So I'm, I'm glad that this is the past, but I mean, let's be honest. His wife is gorgeous. Oh. She really is. Yeah, they have some beautiful kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, it's. But while you're on the subject, I don't want to. I don't want to divert too much from that because it's it's a good one. I would say the best, or or it, it it takes a lot of heartbreak and and the like to make a great writer. Uh, if if he has experienced 
some of this stuff in, in his life. It's, it's, he's, he's working through it in, in fantastic ways because he's making a compelling, amazing story. These characters are real. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, yeah. and at the back of the first trade or the first issue, he, um, he talked about what he witnessed in, in high school in Arizona and, and, and what things that happened right in front of him. So, uh, some of it is, is kind of playing out in the book. Um, I don't know what the give and take is between the artist and the writer. I, I don't know if, if, uh, it, I, I'd be curious to know that I, next time we're at a con and, um, and Craig is there, I, I might ask him that, but it's, um, he's amazing. It, I, there's, there's a character that we're introduced to is basically the, um, the, the kingpin of, um, of the town. And, uh, when, um, when, uh, there was, um, the 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 girl who's in love with um with Marcus she uh Maria is we we find out what Maria did as as a well her family um and uh there's this really gut-wrenching scene between Maria and her father um but uh the um the way the the dude who runs the town looks he's it it the the ornate jacket he's wearing and, and he's a preacher or at least he's wearing a, a priest collar. But, um, I mean, just, just the detail in, in his outfit, his, the way, the way Craig has, has drawn him in the panel in the center of the page, uh, surrounded by smaller panels. It, it, it's very imposing. You just know that this dude is, is not to be fucked with. Um, right. but he, uh, he, he, and then he crucifies, um, Maria's father and uh as as an example that you know really just uh, I I I give you people anything you need in this town you know you you people are alive because of me and and yet this is how you repay me so this is an example and and uh and then you know so, so Maria kind of had a rough before class and uh she is not a stable person so Marcus should really kind of be careful <laughs> uh, when it comes to where he wants to, uh, dip his wick. So <laughs> the, um, but I, you know, there's, there's just the, the students and each, I mean, these aren't necessarily people you, you, you should root for. Um, right. I mean, yes, you want them to, uh, they're, they're the lesser of the evils, but they, they still aren't, um, good kids. And, uh, and, each time you, you, you come across one of the students and you're like, well, he's just, he's a dick. Or you, you don't, you don't, you don't want to see that particular person survive or, or, or you hope they get what's coming to them. But then you get to the end, end of the issue and you're like, well, all right, I, I hope, you know, I get to see him again. And it's just, it's really well told. And I, I'm, I'm purposely all over the place because we have talked about this book in the past and I don't, um, it, it can be a little, um, scattershot as far as the the timeline of i mean you know we're we're getting a little bit of backstory on a character and then the rest of the issue um is present day in the school and again present day is is still the late 80s um and it's uh it's it's just it's something that i think i have a feeling it's um it's probably going to be overlooked and and um I don't think it should. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a period piece, uh, but there's still enough there where I think the average comic book reader will enjoy it. And, and, um, 
you know, if, if I don't think the, the art is definitely not a turn off. I think the art definitely oh, God, sells no. the package. Um, yeah. I'll be totally honest. Craig was not on my radar right, before this right. before this book. Now he's he's up there. I mean, I will. I'm loving this, but after after this series and he, to whatever he moves on, uh, I'm going to buy it just because of of his presence. I, I he he makes amazing use of the real estate available to him. The double page spreads are gorgeous. Just yeah. um, he does things with panel layout, like it, it'll look like he he took the 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 picture plane and. Um, rotated it. You know that one page where everything looks like it's 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 um, at a different plane than the flatness of the paper. It yes. looks like it's it's oh my goodness, that is amazing. And it's it's not all that difficult to do, but when it's pulled off like he does it, it's just amazing. It's an amazing thing to see. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, so as a reminder to people, if if you're a fan of Wes Craig, you can get more from Blackhand Comics, which that, is yes, written and drawn anthology that uh, that came out late last year. And that will be an ongoing set. Like he's going to alternate. He's going to do that in between the little spots of white space he has in between doing um, this book. So, yeah, the um, I love him. the way he draws. And and then, I mean, so he's hot with with her white shirt and the black suspenders. But then when um, when her sleeves are rolled up and and you see the tattoos, it's just I mean, Craig's definitely not phoning it in. He, he's putting. Um, a lot of work. I mean, even even, but even when they're they're running across the uh, the cityscape and it's it's nighttime, and I mean the backgrounds mm-hmm. might not have the skyline won't have much going on, but you will see the the, the steam rising from from smokestacks and 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 the the, the detail in, in the brick on the buildings and the rooftops. It, it's it's not. Um, he's definitely. Earning his paycheck with this one, it's it's a beautiful book. I think uh, I think everybody, well, except when um, maybe someone's getting his head bashed into a full toilet, may not be for everybody. But it's um, it's I seriously no, it's it's one of those. Th- I I'll find some place for it on the eleven o'clockers, um, which uh, I, which I'm sure Jason will start categorizing fairly soon. But oh yeah, uh, um, it's, thanks for the reminder. Uh, not a problem. It's. It, it pleases me that you enjoy this book because if there's one thing that's a hard sell with David, it's the anti-hero or the the scumbag, the as, or or, the, or the, the 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 less than squeaky clean person in the title role. Case in point, Eric O'Grady. How <laughs> often did, did David and I butt heads over Eric O'Grady? I I love the bastard. As long as their actions are not. Directed to me, I love reading about the bastard. Mm-hmm. Da- David, not so much. No. He 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 needs something uh, to to on which to latch. He needs uh, some kind of of goodness or or at least honesty to to to, to grab onto. Me, I don't need that. I I, I like the, the bastards. And to, for David to, to actually continue with this book, not only that, but praise it. That's big doings. <laughs> it um, is. It's. I- as far as as this with the whole anti-hero and and someone you don't want to root for it helps that um he's surrounded or at least when we're when we meet him and and the people that he grew up with um after his parents died um they're less than stellar and i mean the the dude obviously he's he's, he's pulling his pud while talking about um 
what you know <laughs> what, what what he did with his daddy's dog, and it's like you know, all right, so so right away, um, you're really not supposed to like homie's roommate, <laughs> um, but these, I, I guess the way it's presented, um. Because yeah, they're they're not heroes. They're not good guys, and uh, we don't know what they're going to grow up to be. But um, it's you know it's yeah. If if this was like a live action show or something, I don't know if I'd be able to stick with it. But but I mean, when you have um, when a story is told like this, as as uh, as beautiful as this, it it really is hard for me to look away. And I uh, I like the creator, so if I can. If I can read what they're doing, then uh, I'm all for it. But no, I uh, I'm I'm glad I can I can surprise you and please you, Vince. Well, you always do. Aww. Is it me or does Remender bring his A game to his creator owned projects? Uh, no, nope. recently, yes. Yeah, no offense to the man. Um, I mean, we loved his his work in the X universe at, at Marvel, um, but it, it seems like there's a different voice a different remender voice when he's working on something that's his as opposed to when he's doing the uh the popular characters yes. let's just say that yeah that's an, hey i'm glad that he can straddle both sides of the fence because it means that the 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 creator own stuff keeps coming yep gives him the wherewithal to 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 take you know risks yes I, i've loved remender for a long time sea of red is one of my all-time favorite series love that friggin series um, I, I've had my eye on him. He, he never, he never lets me down on his own stuff. <laughs> but let's just, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so spin that table around. What else do we have? Well, um, there is, uh, another, a uh, little publisher, uh, called Image Comics that, uh, Love them. <laughs> yeah, you might have heard of them. They are putting out a uh, a bunch of books, and a new number one hits the sands this week that is highly anticipated, and it is uh, it has something in common with Jane Fonda. Oh, really? Yes. It's not sixty eight, is it? Because that had something in common with Jane Fonda. No, I no. think it's I think it's about upside down boobies. I like those. I know you do. Yes, that is correct. I am talking about Kelly Sue DeConnick and um, Valentine. Is it Valentina or Valentine Delandro's Bitch Planet? Oh, you! How was that? Tell me about it. It looks interesting. I know that. Yeah, so it's it's about uh, uh, it's. I, I don't I don't know if it's a pure remake or a, a loosely inspired by, but the the Barbarella story, which essentially it's a a a planet. What was that? Was that David's? Uh, uh, it was a phaser? damn Star Star Trek communicator. Yeah. What uh, a geek! David's full of interesting avant garde sound bites tonight. Um, so B- Bitch Planet is. Uh, essentially a future world where um, women are sent to uh, off-world to a planet, a prison planet, if they do wrong. And this so is... In. What's that? I'm so in. Yeah. So we are introduced to the planet in this first issue 
we are uh, introduced to a number of incoming uh, inmates that clearly will play a a part and uh this was real groovy it, it's it's there's a a, a well crafted storytelling technique that Kelly Sue uses in this where she introduces us to the status quo and we think that there's a narrative going on that we 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 see coming and then at the conclusion of of this of this 22 pages we realize that she was going a completely different direction uh, um and I really appreciated that um Delandro draws women in a very realistic way. Um, these are not, um, these are not, uh, what's the word? Uh, these aren't Frank Cho women, you know, these, right. these aren't, these aren't Bud Root women. These, these, these are, are women of all shapes and sizes and, uh, literally all shapes and sizes. I mean, there is a, a one woman that is just, just unbelievably obese, morbidly obese. And, she she's pissed because they go to get their prison gear and they the the, the automated bot hands are her her uniform and she's like this ain't gonna fit and then the uniform says well it's it's the all, all the uniforms are 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 optimized to your, your individual body type and she's like this ain't gonna cover my titties and she gets all mm-hmm. indignant and starts a prison riot um but it was it was a great setup issue um. You know, there, there, this is the first issue of what I expect will be a long running series if the sales are good. Uh, I know that this has been a passion project for Kelly Sue and, uh, Delandro's art for those that don't know is, is relatively realistic from a figure drawing perspective. Um, but not in a, not in a, a, a poser, um, photo realistic way. I mean, that, that she, again, that, that, Delandro draws realistic anatomy, but but it's it's still definitely cartooning. If you follow me, it's 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 right. Well, Sean Phillips is is realistic, and you can tell that that's all coming from from inside. He's not getting any help, and that's this is the same thing. Very realistic figures, but you could just tell that there's an inherent knowledge of the physical form and how it moves and what it does, and there's no assistance going on here. Definitely, uh, and yeah. and the prison is run by male guards who beat the shit out of the women and and uh, are definitely misogynistic. The prison is run by a pair of uh, guys that are ne- kind of quasi narrating the story, but in a very deprecating way, where they're they're they're, they're literally fucking around with the women as they're being during the intake. They're they're messing around with the women by there's this hologram that is essentially acts as the warden or the the the, the intake warden, and they can create they can make the the hologram look like different things. So they they make her look like a, a nun. They make her look like a dominatrix, and and they're doing that basically just to piss the women off and to make themselves laugh. Um, and uh, by the end of the issue, we get a, a hint of who the the protagonist is going to be among the group of women that we're introduced to. Um, we we get we certainly get a sense that this one particular woman isn't is more than she seems. She's a total badass, much in the same vein as. Uh, uh, you know, uh, black dynamite or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but we don't know beyond that. We, we, we don't know who she is or, or what, only that she's certainly going to be a significant portion of the story. Um, the, the coloring works really well with Delandro's style. Um, artistically, this book is an absolute home run. And, 
uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be forthright. I, I have not always been the biggest, uh, Kelly Sue fan. I, I, I put it this way. I feel like she, the, the reverence. The, the that one's not me. That one's not me. The no, rev- I'm sorry. That's me. The yeah. reverence with which Kelly Sue's work generally get, gets treated, um, at least in our semi-incestuous, uh, comic book world is often lost on me. I, I don't often mirror that, but in this case, um, I, it's only one issue, but I get the sense that this could be something that I, I, I really see her thriving with because it's a passion project and it seems to really fit close to home. Um, so two huge thumbs up for Bitch Planet. Uh, it's, nice. it's, it looks to be like it's going to be a fun wild ride and, and, and I hope, I, I, I believe this is one of those deals where Delandro and Kelly Sue are partners in this. So we'll see Delandro's art for the majority, if not the entirety of the book. I hope that's the case because I think that's a big selling point for me of this book. And I wouldn't want to see rotating artists if we can avoid it. The, uh, right. I believe Delandro did some X Factor, didn't he? With Peter David? Yes. Isn't it a woman? Isn't it? I, no, yes, yeah, no, I meant, to, yeah, I, I, I didn't mean yeah. to say he had it. The thing about this book that grabbed me from the solicits, uh, in addition to the great art, was the, uh, graphic design for the covers. Yeah. Yes. To, to me, this, um, speaks, uh, Robert Rodriguez on paper. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a B movie. It, 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 lo- it looks like, yeah, you're right, like a, like a Robert Rodriguez movie, just, uh, and, and when I watch his movies, it's anything goes. You never, yeah. ever know what to expect. And it's done on a shoestring budget, but done very well. And women in prison, that, that's one of my favorite. Of course it is. Genres. I will watch anything or read anything women in prison. Um, case in point, Orange is the New Black. I, I, I would never watch this show, but you guys said it was women in prison. I was like, I'm in, and I love it. Cause you love boobies. Are, yeah, are you guys? I, I would say, I would say this is, is, is very evocative of that, Vince, only with the sci-fi bent of it being in a future nice. present. But it reminded awesome. me a lot of, of Orange is New Black. R- strong, memorable characters, uh, with wildly different physical appearances. Um, uh, but, but clearly that you were going to get a sense that although these women are prisoners, a lot more to their stories than, than is, is, than, than simply some kind of exploitative B-movie prison flick. Um, right. and, and, and again, speaking to the design, I should have mentioned this, that there's the, the, the whole, the whole book is laid out. Well, there's a, there's a, a, a one of those, uh, advertising pages that evoked to when we were first reading comics as kids. Um, but, but everything on the page is, is, is fake stuff, right? So it's, hey kids, pat, patriarchy, and it's got, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> are you non-compliant girls, girls, girls? It's got, uh, d- different one ads for, um, happy anniversary to this misogynistic guy. There's a, um, a thing where you can buy masks to protect your, your, your face, just like the sadistic staff of Bitch Planet. Um, so no, it's, it's very, very well put together. Together from start to finish. I mean, this was clearly a a total package, and um, I got to hand it to her. Uh, Kelly Sue could uh, could be onto something here. And make no mistake, even though this was written by a woman, yeah. there there is a layer of exploitation to this. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, yeah. that's part of the that. that I mean, that uh, this is spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. I think, right, in the sense that this is going to be at its surface. Very much evocative of the 70s C movie type of, of what you'd, when you hear, when you hear woman's prison film, what you would think of. Um, but mm-hmm. I think there is definitely undercurrent here where we're going to get to know these women and the strength of their character a lot more. And there is going to be some 
quasi-feminist bent to this. Um, it's okay. Um, but I don't think in an overly obtrusive way or, or, or something that feels preachy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Caged heat, baby. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So do, are you guys – have you seen season two of Orange? No. Oh, yeah. At yeah, all? I watched the whole thing uh, within the first oh, week okay. it was released. I won't say anything because I've only seen, uh, I can't speak to the whole second season, but I can only talk about the first episode. David, they, they drag you, or I shouldn't say drag, they, they kind of lead you in one direction. And there's one scene in particular where you're thinking, okay, this is how it's going to play out. The music plays into the, into their, the, 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 the path they want you to go and what the character is saying. And then they pull the fucking rug out of you in the very last scene of the first episode of the second season. I'm like, these guys or women, men and women, whoever wrote, whoever the writers are, they're brilliant. I did not see it coming. And it, and once, once it happens, you're like, that is so that character. Wow. It's a ama- the first episode's amazing. It's really well done, yeah, and I love it. I I can't get enough of it. But you know I'm, I have to watch it in chunks because we're all watching it, <laughs> and yeah. it's like I can't I can't go ahead. I would I would mainline like the whole season, but you know she ain't having it. So whatever. So that's how it goes. I love it. Yeah, and I can't wait to get this. I I jumped on the paper copies of this. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Respect. Cool. You're cutting out intermittently, by the way, so we got to keep an eye on that okay. or an ear on that, as such as it is. Uh, I have something else that's not from Image. <gasps> Sorry, I know. Uh, uh, it's it's from the Dark Horse. Is it now? Yes, it is. It, it's written by uh, Paul Tobin. Oh, yeah, their franchise. <laughs> it's no, oh, it's not oh, okay. But we have to get caught up on those. Yes, we do. And for those of you who don't know, David is talking about the uh, Aliens, Prometheus, uh, uh, Predator, Fire and Stone series, which are awesome. They're all great, by the way. Oh, we've changed our minds? No. Okay. This, why, you don't think they're you all said great? That, yeah, you said that there was, we'll, 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 we'll talk later. Okay, that's fine. Um, but this is, is not a uh, franchise. This is uh, creator-owned stuff. It's, uh, like I said, written by Paul Tobin, illustrated by the amazing, and I'm not using that word lightly, Juan Ferreira. He is incredible. I, I kind of, uh, do him an injustice by, uh, thinking of him in the same light as, say, uh, Stepan Sajic and, uh, Clayton Crane, the guys that use full color. Yeah. It, mm. It's not, it's not traditional. It's very diplomatic. I know, it, 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 but unlike um, those uh, two uh, artists, uh, Ferreira doesn't seem – he may do it digitally, but he doesn't seem to be aided in any way. You can see pencil lines. You can see, um, you know, like his rough marks, and then he goes in and co- you use the color art to flesh it out. It's, it's, it's traditional application, maybe in a digital medium. I don't know. He may do it digitally, but – if he is, it doesn't scream it, but it's gorgeous. Um, it's called Colder. That's the title, Colder. And I've read the the first trade, which reprints Colder one to five. I also read uh, Colder Bad Seed, which is the new ongoing series. I read the first two issues of that. This is a story that just screams um, film treatment. Huh. Mm-hmm. 
they, they could do a series of movies on this because what you've got here is the setup is um, there's a guy named uh, De- uh, Declan Thomas. Uh, he is uh, when the story opens, he's incarcerated in uh, an insane asylum. It's a Sansit Asylum. I think it's located in Massachusetts. But it, the year is 1941. Keep that that in your mind. 1941. Um, and the uh, insane asylum starts to burn, starts to catch fire. Why? Because this paranormal entity called uh, Nimble Jack. Now think maybe uh, Willem Dafoe by way of Marilyn Manson. He's got a little bit of Loki in him. He's a, a trickster. He likes to pop in uh, our realm and cause trouble. Uh, he can make himself invisible, save to those he wants to see him. If that's a shitty sentence, I'm sorry. Um, and and uh, like he's just like this 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 otherworldly imp that feeds on insanity, madness. Uh, he 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 consumes it, um, and and when he extracts the madness from uh, his victims it comes out of their orifices like uh, streams of of brilliant color like the, these these undulating waves of color and he just he sucks it in like coke like he's doing a line of coke he just inhales the the the, the emotions out of these people and then he he kills them he he manipulates them in a way where he takes over either their mind or their body and he he disposes of them like he plays with his food so to speak and and he um, rips a hole in the fabric of, of, of space time and he pops into the, the insane asylum and walks up to Declan. He says, he doesn't say that, no. but he says, he says, he says, you will grow colder. And that's exactly what happens to Declan. His body temperature begins to drop and the, the more immersed in the madness he becomes, his body temperature drops more. Like Declan eventually comes out of his walking coma. Like the the dude can can um, walk, he can uh, shower, he can relieve himself. But to all intents and purposes, it's a blank slate. He doesn't speak, he doesn't talk. Uh, that's the same thing. He he doesn't give any indication that there's anybody in there. And um, he's been after the insane asylum burned down. He was transferred from facility to facility, and eventually. He um, comes under the notice of one Reese Talbot, a nurse, and because he was um, going to be bounced again, and there was nobody to take him. He has no family. He um, she takes him into her home, and she she becomes his custodian. Now this is decades later. We he start the story opens in 1941, right. but this is a, this is the present day, and uh, Declan is no. It doesn't look like, have to have aged a day. Over the first time we've seen him. Why? Because his body temperature is so cold. low. Yes, it, it, it's preserving him. And one day, he just comes out of it. And he's like, Reese, we gotta talk. And what? What, what the hell's going on? He can, he can enter this realm called the, the, what do they call it? Uh, the Hungry Lands or, the, uh, yeah, the Hungry Lands. It, it's a place of madness. And, and he brings insane people over there. And relieves them of their insanity. In doing so, his temperature drops, and he he in a sense heals them. He he can his is the language of madness. He can help people that are afflicted, and um, 
that draws the attention of a number of people in this series and in the next. Uh, he has a showdown with, with Nimble Jack and, um, uh, through, um, her caring for him, he's, he's grown to love, um, Reese, which isn't explored in the first volume, but it's damn well explored in the second. I mean, they are, they are bumping uglies and she is a gorgeous woman. She's beautiful and has zero social life. Why? They, they don't go into that in the first or second series, but there has to be something going on with Reese. They, they don't explore this. And I think the tip off to me that there's something going on is her surname. When, when you purposely name a character Talbot, now to me, that's a red flag. That says there's more going on here that meets the eye. She's either cursed, a la Larry Talbot, who we all know is the Wolfman from the Universal movies. Um, okay. And uh, either that or there's going to be some kind of transformation that's going to happen to her. So they're bumping uglies and... Um, you, the, 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 the art in this series is just impeccable. You, you gotta see it. When they go into the Hungry Lands, it's like supercharged MC Escher. There, there, there are buildings that look like, uh, remember in, in, um, Caliban when, uh, the ship came out of hyperspace and it melded, it intersected with the alien ship and it looked like two, two, like the geometry of the thing was just shit because there was two things that should not be in the same physical space, that's what the, the these buildings look like. It, it, the 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 architecture in this place it looks like buildings from all over, different styles, different, and they're all intersecting at, at just impossible angles, and the planes are all messed up. Uh, the perspective is is just maddening, and and that's the whole landscape. It's dark. There's creatures walking around like with hoods. Uh, their faces are all melting. It's just it's nightmarish, and it should be right. It's 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 a realm of madness, and he can go there. Uh, he can travel through there, interact with the beings there, and something lends me to believe that he's from there, because characters in the night this nightmare realm they know him. See, he doesn't know his past either. Nobody knows his past. That's one of the hooks of the book. Like, where does this guy come from? In the second series, we get a villain called Swivel. You need to see this dude. He has a penchant for fingers. He harvests harvests fingers, just chops them off people, puts them in his little flower pot because to, to to feed his crops or whatever. And um, the guy's face is entirely made up of digits, the, hu- the human hands, like his his cheeks. Huh will be fingers but wrapped around the curvature of the cheek his mouth his nose are uh, our, our fingers like curled under and, and side by side his, te- his fucking teeth are fingers oh. it's nuts and when his tongue comes out fucking fingers on the end of his tongue dude it's <laughs> nuts and he, he commands these dogs that i don't know what breed it is it looks like a do like a, a pit bull to me but they're human hands backwards and where your palm ends right. Like where your arm joins your, the end of the beginning of your hand, that's where the neck of the dog comes out. So they're, they're human hands walking backwards, but they're dogs. It's freaky. It's so unsettling. You gotta see it. It's, I'm, 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 I'm reading this book and I'm thinking, son of a bitch. I would love to have designed something like that. And, and Ferreira just illustrates it so beautifully. You want to die. You want to just die. The, the, his, his anatomy is, is perfection. And, and his, he, he's so painterly. Like he goes out of his way whenever 
a character walks under a tree or near a tree, he will do the shadows of the leaves on their face. Oh, it's beautiful. But like I said, there's something going on here with Reese. For a woman this gorgeous to not, like whenever someone will ask her out, like she gets hit hit on constantly Mm -hmm. because she's so beautiful. Like even there's there's an incident in the first book where she's uh, potentially robbed and one of the muggers punches her in the face, knocks her down. And uh, when the cops take her home, like one of the cops is female and the, and she is obviously enamored with Reese. And she's like, honey, you live by yourself. And it goes, it progresses. But you could tell that the cop was like very into her. Like even women are, are into Reese. That's how beautiful she is. And uh, nothing, no social interaction other than than what she has at home. And why? Why is it like that? That's that's the one that's the biggest mystery to me is why we have a woman this attractive, this smart, this just like you know vibrant and she has no one we'll find out but i mean now she has declan and 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 she's like dude give me a couple minutes before you jump me because you know it's like squatting on an ice cube (laughs) (laughs) let me let me get accustomed to it and uh the the story branches out in the second one we get to see reese's job and her co-workers so the cast is in the first series basically it's just declan reese and um nimble jack and and that story plays out and it, uh, the last couple pages of that there's a teaser for the second series it's just beautifully done paul tobin really has a uh an awesome awesome thing with this because he could it it's it reminds me a lot of the work of clive barker i get that there's, he's building a mythology as he's going on and and um you have these creatures in the in the hungry lands that are just amazing to look at and they all seem to do different things or, or different realms of madness is their, their preview. It's great. It's a really great series. Yeah, it's, so that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm used to Paul Tobin with the franchise stuff with, with Fallen Skies and, um, Bandette with his wife and, um, and he did the, uh, the, the all ages Marvel stuff, um, where you had Spider-Man and Storm on the Avengers that, the, the, what the hell were, not, not adventures, but they were, he did the, the for kids Marvel books. Um, but to hear about something like this that he's written is, uh, I gotta check it out. No, it's amazing. Uh, the first trade has a meaty back section. You get, uh, variant covers and production sketches and, and just uh, like, uh, Declan looked nothing like the final version. Like early on, he was older and, and just a different, different character. Um, uh, he, he's, he's, he looks like a shaggy surfer now. Whereas the, the original incarnation is is nothing like that, but I love seeing that because it's a window into just the the amount of uh, energy that these guys have infused this this property with, and it's just it's it's planned out. Uh, the the highlight is definitely the uh, the Hungry Lands. It's just it's amazing. Um, I cannot do it justice by describing it to you. It's one of those things that you, you have to see for yourself. It's, it's so vivid that, uh, I almost wish it wasn't as vivid because it's, it's nightmarish. It's very disturbing. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> There's one part in the second book where they're, they're in the, in the realm and there are fingers coming out of a drain pipe, like, like rain, just le- leaking severed fingers. It's fucked up. <laughs> But I love it. I mean, th- come on, this is my language, right? That's true. It is, I, and um, I'm I'm kind of sad that I I waited till the first trade, but I I played a little bit. Um, I I was hesitant 
for some reason, but I'm, I'm glad I eventually uh, pierced that membrane because now I'm buying the uh, the uh, second series and single issues. Better late nice. than ever. It's true. I just love Dark Horse. They seem to be having a great, great bunch of years. The everything I've tried from them recently is all all clicked. Oh, oh, and there's one thing that I didn't tell you. I'm sorry, I left this part out, and it's it's pretty crucial. Um, so why does does Declan have this power? Uh, it could be the unethical and pretty much unscrupulous doctor uh, back at the original um, asylum was uh, doing research on the patients, and he comes up with this drug, uh, a neuro drug called ergotamine. And since the shit was hitting the fan and, and, you know, like uh, these institutions, they, they run out of money or, or, you know, the, uh, the, uh, people are breathing down their neck for success and, and, uh, they come up with this drug and the guy's just like, what the fuck? Let's just try this out. And he injects Declan with a dose, the 40 times normal than, uh, normal doses. So that could be it. You know, there could be this drug that, that kicked him into there, but there's, there's also a paranormal component to it too that you, you need to see. You need to read. It's just amazing stuff. Yep. Very cool. Nice. Uh, I got something from Dynamite. You don't Dynamite. say. I, I don't say. Uh, but I will. It's, um, Big surprise. There's, uh, like, uh, 18 covers, um, by Dennis Cohen and Bill Sukavich, by Francesco Francavilla, by Michael Avon Oming, by Ulysses Farinas, Matt mm. Haley, and cover F is by Sanford Green. This is written by Mr. David F. Walker, illustrated by Bilquis Evely, and, uh, colored by Daniela Miwa, and it is a comic based on a character created by Ernest Heideman. It is Shaft. Knew it. Knew it. It looks great. Um, really? Yeah, the, the, it's, it's got a little bit of a Mark Bright vibe to it. Uh, so for you, Power Man and Iron Fist and John Stewart fans, uh, and Quantum and Woody fans, you will dig it, I think. Um, it's a little bit more more detailed, uh, but I can definitely see an influence there. It's uh, it it takes place back in uh, the late sixties. Um, we don't get the shaft that we see in the movies. This is pretty much, I guess, a, a, almost like a year one. Um, and uh, John Shaft is about to take on Jack Hammer Feldman at uh, the Sunnyside Garden Arena. Um, and it opens with a, um, two guys in the back of a car talking, uh, where one of them says that, um, one says, uh, I don't, um, you can spare me your usual shuck and jive bullshit. Uh, and we find out it's, um, it's Sal talking to, um, to basically, uh, Shaft's promoter, uh, for the, um, for the, uh, um, for the fight that's about to happen. We, uh, d- um, Junius Tate 
is the one talking to uh to Sal in the car. Sal is basically telling him that this is what needs to be done, so um Junius is going to uh tell Shaft what needs to be done and uh and that it's time to to basically take a dive. And then we flash back to um Shaft uh in the war and and uh in Vietnam having to make choices and um he had to uh when he was 17 he got he, he was told to either go to prison or join the military so he did the military got out not much going on um became a fighter and uh basically did what he did did what he could uh but sadly didn't throw the fight and uh at that point um junius tells uh tells bama brooks to take care of it. And, uh, apparently we find out that, uh, Brooks and Shaft have, have a history. Um, so Brooks is going to, uh, not go easy on him, but basically he, he knocks him down a few pegs and says that, uh, you know, it, it broken bones take about three months to heal. So you better be gone for at least that long, uh, and, uh, just be thankful that, um, I didn't do any worse to you. Uh, so Shaft is, um, the, the, the issue ends with Shaft making decision on whether or not he's going to disappear for a while or, uh, or, or screw things up even more. But, uh, it's a, um, it, it was a pretty cool issue. I, uh, I didn't know what to expect going in. I didn't know what they were going to do. Um, and, uh, and I, I dug it. I mean, I, I, I like the, uh, the, the early year aspect of it. I, I'm, I now I want to see where it's going from here because, um, I know Junius isn't going to be pleased. Um, there's going to be something going on between, between, uh, the Italians and, um, and Tate, right? Always as usual. Uh, and there's a, uh, it's got a little bit of a funky soundtrack in the uh in the back matter where um second time they did that. Yeah, right? well, uh they did it with uh Zorro Django. Yep. And uh and yeah, now this and you said wait, there was one No, did you listen to something from SoundCloud? Me? Yeah, was it you? I don't even know what a SoundCloud is. Oh, there was another um there was another comic <laughs> that uh that basically let you um maybe it was something from uh it, it, the last time I encountered that, at least with Dynamite, was you're right, uh, Django Zorro. Yeah, but there, there was another publisher that that um, used something else. But uh, so yeah, so uh, I would um, I would definitely check this out. There's um, you're not kidding because I'm looking at it right now. It looks great, man. It's, you know what? I, I I hate to say this, but it does not look like a Dynamite book. It doesn't. No. No, it doesn't. And I'm hoping that this becomes the norm because the last batch of stuff we've seen from Dynamite didn't look like Dynamite books. So uh, hopefully they're they're getting off that track and and onto a new avenue because this looks incredible. And it's not stuff you you could tell that it wasn't cribbed from from uh, stock photos or right. reference material. Yeah. It it looks very natural. Um, 
the panel layouts are great. This is the coloring is really nice. Yeah, it's sharp. It's, it's, it's yeah. You're not kidding. It's sharp looking, and it's a period piece, which is even more difficult. Yeah, and then the, they pack a lot in. I mean, when when the issue ends, it it's you you, you kind of bum that it ended, but it's they um it doesn't seem like a lot happened because it's it's a fight. It's a lot of it is is shaft with this with his inter- internal monologue, but um. They, there's enough there where it sets the stage. The shaft basically just went and fucked shit up for people. So, um, because yeah. he had to do what, what, you know, they had to make a stand. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see it play out, but it's, um, yeah, like I said, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be an adaptation of a movie, if it was going to take place after the movies or, or what, but, uh, cause you, you look at the covers and the covers don't give you any indication that this is early shaft. Right. Um, they're indicative of what we know. Right. So yeah. I uh no, I I, I recommend that. I I um I'm glad I gave it a shot. You know, I'm looking at the the splash page with uh Shaft and uh what'd you say the guy's name was Hammer yeah. in the ring. Yeah. It's really subtle, but look at the middle um di- the middle caption box, you can actually see the cigar and cigarette smoke above yep. the crowd. Yep, yep. That that that's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And lo- it looks really sharp. Um, and they didn't, they, they're not screaming it. That's a whisper and it works really well. Wow. This looks good. I love the Frank Avia cover. Yeah. yeah. That's really nice too. Yeah. I got to go with this and Kevich one on this one though. Oh, the Cohen's the Kevich. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Daniel, it, it, it's, it's nice. And I don't know this Bill Quist Evely before this book, but I'm with you. The, the art's really nice. I read this as well. I, I thought it was terrific. I, 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 uh, um, I, I guess I'm viewing this kind of like the dynamite's been doing over the years, those year one books. I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. called Shaft Year One, but it seems like that's where, where it's going to take us. Yeah, it could very well be. Which, the, and you're right, the, the period costumes are awesome. Yeah, this, he, he definitely, definitely knows. To tail to the... He, he definitely knows how fabric works. Yeah. When, yep. when there's a human being in it. And he's got yeah. like that, the, the mohair jacket and the, yes. it's, 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 it's pretty sweet looking stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, the, even when you have when when everybody comes into the locker room, the the, the panel doesn't seem crowded. Everybody kind of just it fits. It's it's really laid out well. The guy the guy knows his shit. I'm I'm mm-hmm. very impressed. Yeah, and every face is different. Yes. So, so often, and even with some of the comic artists over the years that I consider the all time best, you know, they they generally have a couple different types of faces they draw at yep. most, and, and oftentimes it's just face with. Blonde hair, face with brunette hair, or so forth, so on. But this is every face is different. In fact, some of the facial work was evocative to me a little bit of Fowler, um, oh, a little yeah. bit less cartoony, a little yeah. less, car- yeah. little less, a little, little less, little, little, a little less exaggerated. I, <laughs> You're right. You know, <laughs> You're humana, right. humana, humana. I love that one panel, fucking wop. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so it's a mature book, but it's I, uh, there's really. Other than the language and, and a little bit of the violence, there's it's not very explicit at all. No, I mean it's it's because of the language, because of the colorful language, um it's it's mature readers. I wouldn't um well your kids probably Vince, but I mean I wouldn't give it to, to um to just anybody. Although if you're reading Deadly Class, you could probably do all right with Shaft. Yeah. And one of the songs that they uh, suggest you listen to is uh the theme from Truck Turner by Isaac Hayes. So you you just reached into my chest and pulled my, my heart out. So you you got me. 
Yeah. Grandmaster Flash, uh, Ice Cube. We got some James Brown, of course. Uh, Public Enemy. Back in Black by ACDC is the anomaly. And oh, of, no, I'm sorry. Armored Saint. What? You have to go, you have to go shit on the playlist with Armored Saint. What? That's a great, great little book. Like it a lot. And I, I finally got around to reading, uh, Django Zorro, number What'd one. What'd you think? I thought it was great. Yes. Again, like this, uh, very, very pleasantly surprised with the quality of, uh, both the story and art. I, I shouldn't have been surprised so much with the, the story because you got two heavy hitters on it, Tarantino and, and Wagner. But the art was great. Really good. Yep. And I, I love the fact that they really play up the flamboyant, um, uh, nature of, uh, Zorro with the, they call him a peacock and they, yes. he of course, he, he of course turns that around and saying, you know, the peacock's pretty deadly when you piss it off. <laughs> and yeah, this great, great writing. I liked it a lot. Yep. So go dynamite. Let's keep this train rolling. I'm ho- I'm hoping that we, we never again have to say, eh, it looks like a dynamite book. Oh, oh, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Well. Um, I, uh, judging by the, 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 the quality of, of creators they have in the, in the, in the pipe coming to, with the, uh, the King books, Schoonover, I mean, there's a bunch of really talented people on those books. Uh, you know, not the least of which is Darwin Cook on covers. I'm hoping for good things. I'm investing in them. Let's just put it that way. Aww. Yeah. So, um, let's look at the clock. I think we got some time. What else? What else you want to talk about? I, uh, you know what? I, I will throw you guys a bone, uh, and I, I'm here. I'm, no, I'm not getting involved in it, but I would like to hear you talk about it. I heard um, Mark Hamill is coming yes. back to the Flash yes, as the trickster. Yeah. So that series is still um, doing well. They had their, uh, their, their fall. I hate the fucking phrase mid-season finale. They're going on hiatus until next month because it's, tis the season. So, um, not a lot of people are going to be watching TV. So everybody, everything kind of those, I mean, back in the old days, we watch repeats because nothing really ended, but it's, um, it, it's tonight. There was a, uh, it was a pretty heavy duty episode. Um, I watched most of it until we had to, uh, until we fired up the show, so um, I'll fin- who is the villain? I'll finish it when. Oh, we well, uh, Barry comes face to face with uh, Reverse Flash. Ah, that's pretty cool. Or face to to vibratey face because he's all. Uh, Do we know who all, it is? Uh, we didn't when I stopped watching. I okay. don't know if we do by the end of the episode. Um, but he uh, he does talk about how. He um, it was his destiny to beat Barry, and uh, and it's um, I guess they he he knows about Barry. Barry doesn't know about him. So it's basically one of these things where you know you're gonna fight me a lot in the future. Um, and uh, and he's pleased to finally be face to face with Doctor Wells. Um, it it they they packed a lot into just the. F- 40 minutes that I watch. So I, I can't imagine what the, the last 20 minutes do. Um, the, uh, but no, the show, the, the, the show is still one of the, it, as a, as a comic book fan, as a DC fan, as a, um, it, 
it is one of the, I enjoyed Smallville. This, this is better than Smallville. Um, I enjoy Arrow and it's, it's very, it, it, it borrows from Arrow because it's a spinoff of Arrow, but it, it's not Arrow. And, and, uh, I think you can enjoy them both independently. You don't have to watch one to enjoy the other. Um, but it is, it's, it's smartly written, and I think that uh, I think everybody does a fantastic job. I, I think the the kid who plays Barry is is great. I'm I'm a Jesse L. Martin fan from from Law and Order, from Rent. So I mean, I I like I like him, and, and he plays a father figure. Iris is fly as hell, and uh, um, even even the team at Star Labs, uh, Cisco and and Caitlin Snow. It, Everybody does really well in their role. And I actually, I believe tonight he, he did refer to himself as Firestorm. So Firestorm has been introduced. No kidding. They're going to go all out with the costume or they're going to find I don't something? know about the costume, but he, it's already different because unless things change, when he first became Firestorm, it was just Ronnie Raymond. So there's no Professor Stein. There was no second, second person required. Uh, I don't know if that's going to change. Um, but he, uh, he had his, uh, don't you think it better? Like that's the whole makeup of the character. I like, yes. I mean, it, I, I don't know if that becomes a little bit too hokey then because you're like, well, what the hell happened to, to, to professor Stein's body? Where did he go when firestorm happened? So yeah, I don't I've always know been, if, that's one of the reasons I've always had trouble connecting with that character. So I'm, I'm fine with them getting rid of okay. that. Um, but we'll see if, if, because he's not, He's not really himself, so maybe it's maybe it's an aspect that he's going to need as as the character grows. But we'll we'll see. Um, but he had the uh, had his hair on fire. He looked a little bit more like Ghost Rider than than than, than Firestorm because there was no he was missing the whole headpiece. Um, uh, so which which kind of makes it for me because that that's what makes him look like a, a candle. Uh, but no, I yeah, Flash is still I'm I'm still digging it. I'll I'll finish the episode when when we're done recording. Um sleepy damned. So uh and you don't do anything at work anymore. Right? Definitely no? definitely our audience is definitely getting close to David's cat tonight. Yeah, for real. She is I I don't know what the, I got into her tonight, but uh and there was also the mid season finale for Agents of Shield tonight. That's not coming back, I believe, till March because next month uh, Agent the, Carter, right? Yeah, the eight-part Agent Carter. So I guess it's going to go on. I thought they were going to um, lead into it. She'd be on at eight and Agents of Shield at nine. But uh, I kind of like that they're not because this way Flash can stay on at eight unopposed and everybody's happy. Um, <laughs> so wait, Agent Carter's eight episodes and that's it? Yeah, I mean maybe they'll do more, but yeah, I mean for now it's it's I, I maybe they're just testing it. Maybe she'll be back next year when, when it goes on, uh, hiatus for a couple of months. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. Um, because I, I'm pretty sure as far as movies go, she's, she's done since she was in Winter Soldier and, and we know what happened to her there. Um, we don't all know. I, I know. I know we don't all <laughs> say anything. Um, I really get, gotta get the hell on that. Winter Soldier's fantastic, bro. Yeah, you do. Yes. Say I know. But, I know. but that's alright though. It's, it, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters because this weekend is all about the movie that was released on DVD today and Blu-ray and Blu-ray 3D and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. Now, are there a number of different formats? Cause I'm gonna run out and get it. 
um, while I got some Christmas shopping to do? Uh, what should I look for? The a certain edition or a certain vendor has well, a better one. I don't the know. The way the way it goes with me is that Target is generally the store that I want to get mine from because they almost always include an. I mean, Jason won't care. They almost always include an extra disc, which will usually be about, you know, documentary of the making or interviews, oh. shit like that. I, I love I could that. give a fuck. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I, so, uh, I, the, the next extras <laughs> that I watch will be the first. <laughs> so, so, um, but unfortunately the nearest target for me is, is like a, um, half hour north of the house. So we never go since, Movies come out on Tuesday, sale ends Saturday night. We never get to Target during the week, and by Saturday they're gone. And you can't buy them online. So I didn't do Target this time. I actually pre-ordered it from Amazon, so it was waiting for us when we got home today. Um, but there's still, nice. there, there's still some extras on, on this disc. There's, there's, uh, James Gunn talks about creating the universe and, and all this other thing. Um, the blooper reel on there? I believe there's a gag reel. Um, there, nice. there's a, uh, I think Best Buy lets their version. I don't think is any different content wise, but it comes in like a, a steel case that looks like the Walkman with the cassette. Yeah, Best Buy is not an option. No, it, I mean, and they can go. They can go to hell. I will. I will never shop there. I will pay more at Target, uh, so as not to go to Best Buy. I, would, I don't. I don't blame you. I would do the same yep. thing. But if you're not, if if Target sold out or you can't get it there, then 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 Amazon would be fine. But uh, I'm on yeah. it. Look at that. It sounds like a little bit like a sleeve stash. <laughs> she, I mean, between, between fucking dad texting me and, and the cat all over the place tonight, it's, it's been, it's been rough. You got it going on, son. Dude. This is, no, this is real world. I love this stuff. Cinema verite. It's, it's, it's podcast verite. Exactly. Uh, God. Now, without giving it away, I mean, what have you guys thought of the rereading of Secret Wars so far? The nostalgia factor is very high. Yeah. There are, <laughs> there are things that I either forgot or didn't pick up on when Correct. I was at, yes. I, I, there was, I mean, Correct. it's just there like so many junk science and, and shooter. I mean, there's, there's still some things where I'm, I'm reading these characters and I'm like, not really, but it, it's <laughs> still, MS3K, if we, if we could MS3K this book, it would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. It would, uh, not so much. And I mean, and I, I, uh, not a fan of oh, of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, neither am I. No, neither I, am I. I just mean the, con- I just mean the concept of. of and I'm, I'm telling you right now, with the three of us just saying that we don't care for that, that program, we are going to hear about it online. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll I, lose I, listeners. We'll lose listeners for that. I'll go farther than that. I I think it's disrespectful. To oh. The, to, oh, then now you're being silly. It's disrespectful. No, no, no. It's disrespectful to bad movies. Bad movies are their own reward. You, you, you should revel in in their their. But aren't their, they kind of doing that though? Aren't they on? No, no, no. They're by they're, giving them the 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 spotlight. Nah, I don't see it that way. I I think it's shit. I don't like the I don't like any any of the design of it at all. I think it's nah. We the the the, the less we talk about it, the better. So there. Perfect. Let's talk about uh the the glorious genius. Yes, that was Southern Bastards issue number six. I didn't get to read it yet. Now, same here. <sighs> you know, you know why? You know why? I oh, no, I, I, I am a slacker because I didn't read this yet because this other book I read, which is similar, um, 
came out, I think, last week or two weeks ago, and I had Men of Wrath number three. Yeah. What was it? Men of Wrath number three. Ah, uh, I, I, I gotta get it's on. Also that. written by Jason Aaron. Um, right. And it's, uh, it was fucking crazy, dude. I mean, uh, basically, it, it would be a really cool bookend. Or be, it'd be a great way to wrap up the episode considering how we talked about, you guys talked about church in the beginning of the show. Um, because this, this book pretty much takes place at a church and the church is cemetery and um and uh people getting shot up in church and and uh it's this is a fucked up family and it's it's not a um i don't know what the hell's up i i i'm glad you at least brought up secret wars boo because i (laughs) considering the things that that i that i read or, or talked about this episode there's nothing here that i could give to like you know my my friend's son and, and uh, on to read. Yeah, it's true. Um, Men of Wrath is is in the best possible way because it it, it it Ron Garney is drawn his ass off, but it is one of the the ugliest books that that that, that is being put out right now. Um, what do you mean by that? I mean the way that um, I mean you 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 literally have as much as you can literally in a comic book have have a father going after to kill his own son. Um. Oh, so you mean ugly as in? It's just, it's I, I gotta take a shower after. I yeah, read this. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, it it's just it's um. There is the the scene in the church can be viewed as rough. I mean, it's nothing that you probably wouldn't see on an on an FX show. Um, but it's still it it's it's kind of. I mean, the 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 wrath men are just they're not good people there's definitely something it, it handed down it's genetic they 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 just they so wrath is an organization no, or is it the family name r a t h is the last name of the family oh okay they throw the w in there on the cover but it's gotcha. it's yeah it's it's like yeah. eli rath Monroe rath um they all just all the men end up fucking up somehow and and whether it's just um killing a wife or uh um and none of them ever seem to be able to do the right even when they try to do the right thing like oh, okay my wife is pregnant and and you know we're broke i'm gonna make some money but i'm gonna make money by killing a a farmer's horses because the farmer owes the mob guy money and because he didn't pay up we're gonna kill horses, and it's like, but oh, so all the things you could do to make some money, this is what you get lumped in with, and it's, it, they're just it's not the most level. Exactly, idea. exactly, right. Yeah. So it's you, you kind of you reap what you sow here a little bit, and and it's um, it, you know, you don't there really isn't anybody to root for right now. I'm rooting for the baby, and and uh, that that isn't born yet because that's the right. only one who really hasn't fucked up yet. And again, you're still reading it. Baffling, right? That, that's so unlike you, but I, I like to see it. You're branching I'm out growing. too. Yeah, it's long yeah. enough. You, you know, on on Men of Wrath versus, versus uh, Southern Bastards, um, the one thing I'll say about Men of Wrath is that uh, I think Garney's art is a little too pretty for this book. Uh, every character is good looking, and it it I think it takes away from the. Uh, earthiness and the grittiness of the story itself. 
So I have to give it a little bit of a knock for that. I, I, I think Arnie's a great cartoonist and I think he, I, I do enjoy his art, but I, I don't know that he's as ideal for this as say, uh, RM Guerra was on Scalped or Latoura is on Southern Bastards. Um, there's not that down home dirtiness to his looks that I think are ideal for the subject matter. Could it also be that we are accustomed to seeing Garney on superhero books? Could that be part of it? Maybe. I mean, I, but I just, as I'm looking at Men of 3 right now, I'm just struck at how every character is great looking. Yeah, even if, right. yeah, even, even if they were thrown around on the ground and, and meant to be disheveled, they would still kind of come up looking clean. And Now it's no right. different than how, I mean, if this was a film, right, and it was Brad Pitt playing, I mean, that, that's how right. it would likely look too from an objective uh, point of view. So, um, I, again, I, I, I've been enjoying Men of Wrath very much, so I, I don't, but, but I just have, I think the one thing for me that's keeping it from sitting as high atop my Jason Aaron stack of books is, is just that, um, not that any problem with Garney's art, except for, I think aesthetically, it's not ideal for the subject matter. Because, there, right. When, yeah. The mismatches happen. Well, when, when, um, in the truck, when, when, um, when the daughter-in-law, she is drawn pretty like like garney doesn't mess with the face too much and and it's one of the prettier females I, i've seen garney draw but when they're in the church and and eli and and, and Monroe were talking they're um i mean homie's got divots and and wrinkles i mean his face is is a mess it's like if Mar from Sin City and, and, and Clint Eastwood had a baby and it's just, it's, it's a rough looking face. <laughs> well, but I, I agree. Still, disagree. I, I think the bone structure though is still perfect. He, yes. He, yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I want you there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas when you read Southern Basses and, and, and you're looking at Earl, it's like that, that dude is just, he has been, he, he hit every branch down on the other. Right. Or, I mean, or, or this, 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 you know, issue five and issue six are about Coach Boss. Yes. Who is and just, these are just ugly, ugly people. Uh, we're, we're introduced to Coach Boss, this football mentor in the issue six and I won't, I won't, I won't get into it, but, but, but the dude is this old blind, you know, black dude and Coach Bosses, who he is, and 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 the head coach—they're just all ugly people. And I think they're the 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 physical depictions that Latour puts on the page are are uh, are are uh, visualizations of the underlying character of these people, uh, and that they're ugly people. I, I so I appreciate that. I th- I think he's very underrated. Bill Latour. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think my, my brother liked to say that. Uh, Dude's face was on fire and he put it out with an ice pick. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, and I, I, I worry. Um, actually, no, I shouldn't because I think Latour is, is, is a fantastic cartoonist, but, um, but then, you know, it's like he wrote Winter Soldier. He'll be writing Spider Gwen. He wrote Wolverine and the X-Men. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he gets to, to ride both waves for, for, for a good while and, and, I don't think Southern Black Bastards, Blasters is going away or, or going anywhere anytime soon. So I, I'm hoping that the uh, the Jasons can work on that for for a long time. No doubt. Cool. I have a request. Do you? Yeah. After we do the Secret Wars episode, can we all get caught up on profit? Probably. Okay. Because okay. I I was uh, going through my stuff. And I started to read the, uh, Prophet Strike File, which is, uh, an Ohatmu type thing, 
uh, with comics. Um, it, it's more in line of the original Strike File, but there there are Ohatmu elements to it. And I'm thinking there's a lot of this stuff that I just either either don't remember or have never encountered. So uh, I'm lax. I, I want to get caught up on profit. If if you guys want to do that, I think we could do that. Cool. Jason? I only read the first couple issues. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I I I, have to, I kind of forget where I left off, but I have all the issues for sure. Yeah, because um, I buy it in trade, with the exception of the strike file. And uh, I'm looking. I'm thinking. I I just I need to get around to 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 appreciating this stuff because it's a deep story. I mean, this it goes places. And uh, I don't think we we uh, in reading it or, or talking about it in little spurts. I don't think we we do it complete justice. Like we we talk the hell out of the first arc, but then we kind of lost um, hold on the thing. And I, I think we we should go back to it. There you go. I dig it. And you know who you should always go back to? Who? Discount Comic Book Service. Yeah. Because they will get your stuff, get it to you fast, get it to you in great condition, and they deliver it right to your door. You'll hear the doorbell ring, boom. Oh, my God, comics on my doorstep. It's the greatest thing ever, next to boobies. Um, they don't mind late orders or, or order editions, and you can get your previews for less than a dollar. That, inclu- that, that includes the Marvel one, too. Um, so check them out if you're not already a subscriber, dcbservice.com. And remember, tomorrow, which is today to you people, the Valiant number one arrives in shops. You need to get on this. I don't know how many times I've said it, but I'll keep saying it. Eternal Warrior, Geomancer, Bloodshot, all the big Valiant names. And here's three bigger names. Jeff Lemire, Matt Kent, and Paulo Rivera. Prestige format, book $3.99. Production values out the wazoo. Get in on it. It's only four issues. It will give you a ground floor look at the Valiant universe. Something you need to know because they are going places with Valiant next. Do it. Get on there. In your travels... Well, I, I, I'm not finished with this, but I'm going to plug it anyway because it's amazing. Uh, from Va- um, Fanagraphics books, uh, I finally cracked the slipcase of the uh, Don Rosa Library, Volume 1 and 2. Nice. Yes, it's uh, two hardcover volumes chronologically reprinting the entire uh, Adventures of Don Rosa in Duckburg. It's amazing stuff. Uh, Shout out to Daryl. The the introduction by Rosa is is incredible because it he basically reinforces what everybody has known that he was destined to draw the ducks and tell stories about the ducks, and he'll tell you why in the in in the introduction uh, the path that led him to uh take a stab at at Gladstone and 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 send them work and then he started uh the the Uncle Scrooge stories and it just snowballed and uh next to Carl Barks Don Rosa is the name that immediately pops up whenever you think Scrooge McDuck and uh Huey Dewey and Louie it's just there's a reason why these stories are so beloved and I started reading the slipcase and they're just amazing the production values are everything you would expect from Fanagraphics uh, they, they reproduce the covers. They show you where in the images to look for the, the, um, acronym. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, just buy the book and you'll find out what I'm talking about. Because, uh, it's, this, this is, 
landmark work. And I think um, it deserves a place on your shelf next to the Spider-Mans and the Love and Rockets and, and the, uh, the, the, the Grim Jacks and everything that's been great in comics. You need to read Don Rose's Duck Books if you haven't already. If you need, a, if you want a well-rounded comic book vocabulary, Don Rosa should be part of your your language. There you go. I agree. Yep. Uh, in your travels, well, um, first um, we have a well, somewhat of a request also for for since Vince brought it up. Um, Mario Muscar has a uh, has a twelve days of fiction happening right now. And I bring it up because um, today's second day of fiction was a Transformers comic, which was written by Mario and drawn by Mr. Mike Schwartz. And it is a pretty cool little comic. Um, and it is, it's a silent comic, so consider it enough said. But it's uh, Mario Muscar dot Wix, W-I-X dot com will uh will get you to the site and uh so each day for the next twelve days, starting yesterday, there'll be a new story of fiction. But I think you all should check out this this Transformers comic. Uh in your travels, I'm going to say um The Private Eye. Number nine came out recently. The uh it it concludes with issue ten and it's um it's a, uh, I don't know where the hell it, it, it's going with the cliffhanger of, of the ninth issue, but, um, there's still, you still got granddad, PI and Ravina are, are reaching the conclusion of, of the mystery to find. And, and, um, now that, uh, they have that information, um, they're moving forward on, on putting a stop to things. It's, uh, it's still written by Brian K. Vaughan. Still wonderfully illustrated by, uh, Marcos Martin and, uh, Vicente and it is, uh, it can be yours for whatever you feel like paying for it. Uh, panelsyndicate.com and again there's that, uh, the other book, um, Universe with, uh, by Albert Montes that, that's also available at Panel Syndicate. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to, when issue 10 comes out, I think I'm going to reread one through nine and, uh, and, and build up to number 10. I, I would love a spinoff with just granddad. I, I love the, uh, there were, um, granddad's house was, was, uh, is a crime scene. And, uh, when the investigators are there trying to get as much information as, as they're canvassing the area, they, they find a, um, a smartphone or an MP3 player and they don't know what the hell it is. And, and, uh, the, the detective is, is saying how, uh, the, the dudes from forensics, they, they've never seen an iPhone like this before. And granddad says, that's because it's a fucking Zune. And uh, the fact that you bring a goddamn Zune into this comic book is just, it just floors me. So, uh, it's, um, it's, it's kind of in my wheel. I mean, just, just the fact that, that Vaughn is, um, Using, mocking, and, and, uh, and having fun with, with the technology that I use pretty much on a daily basis is, uh, is a hoot. I, I, I really enjoy this and the fact that you can get it for, um, whatever you feel like paying is, um, 
is enough. I, I don't want to hear about, oh, it's only digital and I can't read on my iPad or on the screen. I don't, just man up. Just, just, just read the damn <laughs> thing and, uh, and enjoy the story. It doesn't, I don't care how you consume it. Just, just make sure you do. Strap one on people. Right. Right. Uh, in your travels, um, no secret that, uh, I'm a big fan of, um, Mr. Hickman and Mr. Dragada's East of West. And we're just about to embark on the second season of, uh, the apocalypse arc. And in the meantime, in between time, coming out uh, on your store shelves tomorrow is a one shot called East of West, the world review. And it's 40 page one shot that is a little bit like a source book and catches you up on the status quo as well as introduces you to the different nation states, their backgrounds, populations, uh, incomes, uh, and they treat it like the Ohatmu treated things where uh, each world we're presented to with the uh, demographics, the uh, who the leaders of it are, the history of it. Um, th- this is a very Hickman thing, right? Hickman loves um, graphics and data and infographics and, this is uh some of the first we're getting in this book um but it's also got um it maps out each country's military strength economic strength political stability and long-term viability against one another then we're given a timeline of this world starting with 1908 with the uh, initial event that leads to um the the world's uh, evolution and then from there it maps out everything that's happened uh it, just a lot of fun and um the most the, the most evocative thing in this series of um of Hickman's former works in places like Red Masks for Mars and and Nightly News. So um if you're a East of West fan, I strongly recommend you pick this up because I'm sure some people may not have pre ordered it or may not be looking for it since it's a one shot and not the next in the ongoing series, but definitely worth your time. It's not um um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's not a requisite. Um, I, I don't think you need to read this issue to continue on with the story, but it, uh, it, 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 it does stand on its own. And we are in the first four pages of the issue do very much tie into where we were left off with the, uh, three horsemen of the apocalypse and what's happened to them. So, um, he gives you just enough in this issue as to the ongoing series that, 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 I think pushes it into the category of must buy for, for those of you who don't like infographics. Sweet. Nothing wrong with delineating the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Show me all the pieces before you play with them. You know this. Right. Well, everybody, thank you for being here once again. As always, if you really enjoyed this, why don't you do us a solid and leave us an iTunes review? Because we can use a couple more. It never hurts. Uh, stop by our forums. Where? 11o'clockcomics.com. Look at that. All official and everything. Dave, David has scrubbed the place. It's all squeaky clean and shiny and beautiful and it works really well and you could thank David. So come there and we'll have fun with you. And, uh, also, we're available on the Facebooks and the Twitter. Indeed Whoa. we are. Where, Got where it. are we available? Uh, you can, we have an 11 o'clock comics group on the Facebooks. 
should you want to friend us, uh, go by the numbers. Uh, I'm Vince B, and David is David Price. David Price. Oh, on on the Facebook. On the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And, and Jason is uh, Jason Wood. You'll find him there. But on the Twitter, we're a little different. Not me. Uh, I'm Vince B on the Twitter again. And these wait, aren't you Vince Bond? Yeah, you're not. You're Vince Bond. See, it's Ben. See, I even forgot. You're Vince B O N. Vince Bond. Right. Find Vince Bond on the the Twitter and David A A Price and J B Wood something numbers. Tell them. No, no. Again, (laughs) J B Wood. J A Y B W O D. (laughs) And we'll talk to you because because you know why? As David says every week. We do this because we love you. Love you. Love you so much. Say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. Aww. Fantasy keeps all us real people busy. Distracted by nonsense and everything petty. I dreamt of Success, but it only breeds assholes To be selfish and cut through was not worth the hassle So this is the rest of my life Watching all the righteous kids as they die Never fall.